next step is full-scale psychological warfare, right? She's gonna act like you got this tick, right? Like the army did this experiment on you, right? That just went terribly wrong. She's like, back up, back up. Mind your business, that's all. Mind your business. Mind your Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Mind Your Business. I am Naima, and in this podcast, I speak with small business owners about the work that they do and how creative culture, business development, and self love are all intertwined into their small business. Stay tuned for this week's episode. in theater yes oh so baby no it's okay uh, so my introduction to acting is from like I'm, i was never a child actor but okay. i was like a child that was well involved in in everything from all the sports to theater to ballet cheerleading um all that so i was that child okay um, so that's what started my love for just uh, performance. Yeah. And then I, my mom let, pretty much let me be a kid. That's why I tell everybody who asks me about like their children when it comes to acting and pursuing it. I said, let them be a child. Right. Like let them be a kid because all of those things, acting is just um, life. It's not. It's not actually. Man, damn, I'm on the phone. I'm sorry. It's not actually <laughs> pretending to act. It's not. Right. I, I explained to this girl yesterday. Um, she's in seventh grade. I said, have you, and she goes to a predominantly white school. I said, you know, you meet white people who try to act black. They, you know, they'll, 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 they'll do what they think is black and it's really character and it comes off cheesy as it right but then you have some white people who naturally just probably hang around black people and it's just not is it they just kind of picked up on some of our mannerisms right and it comes just second nature to them yeah i said that's how you want it to be when it comes to acting you wow don't want it to be like i've never heard that before that's that's a really great analogy yeah, to have. you don't want to try to act because then it comes off, other people are looking at you, it comes off real cheesy. It's like, oh, this person's not a good actor. Right. But they're trying, but they suck. Right. You want it to be where you just learn the normal, the normalities of of this character that you're playing. So what are their circumstances? Where where are they from? Um, How they... uh, How they react to certain things and why, what their environment, what their surroundings. And then it just becomes natural, their norm, natural mannerisms. I said, that's how it is with acting. You're you're just you're just really living. Yeah, I've never I've as... never thought of it that way. I went to school for a little bit um, in Chicago at uh, what was it? Um, the I forget Columbia College Chicago, and I had oh, a, yeah. yeah I had a hard time kind of verbalizing what you just said. I I I would get the lines and I would read them, but I would be reading them as opposed to embodying them. And I don't know, it just, it takes, I guess it takes time to like get comfortable with yourself enough to allow yourself to like portray someone else. Correct. Like, for example, with Unexpected, I mean, Atlanta was second nature to me. However, <laughs> I've never like smoked or done. I love your, I loved your character in the episode, by the way, that character was me. I'm super Thank cautious. You. I'm super like, <laughs> when I get high, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> Thanks, girl. So I don't smoke and I just did an edible, um, in oh, shit. California this month. Oh, my no. With my boyfriend, and he likes smokes. So that was my first time doing it. And Those I are no jokes. I was like super paranoid. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was like, I wanted to cry. I felt like everybody could tell. I was like panicking. Mm-hmm. You get super paranoid. What did you What did you eat? Was it like a candy or was it like a it food? Was a gummy. It was a gummy. It was a gummy bear. It was a gummy bear. He had four. I had one. And he was good. And he smoked afterwards. He said, I kept saying, what did we smoke? And he was like, we didn't smoke anything. <laughs> Out in California, that is no joke. The edibles, the weed, it's not for the uh, the weak of heart <laughs> at not, all. <laughs> if you don't do weed, that's not where you should start. That is very true. Um, but yes, your character but, from Atlanta was second nature to you, kind of. Yeah, 
Yes, just because I'm from Atlanta, so it was easy for me to drop into just the norms of, like, the going out, the girls' night, the party. Right, right. Because that happens, like, all the time. You could randomly come across a party and it's like, oh, okay, we're at Tia House. Right. Oh, okay, we're at Lil Baby House. Right. So that is, like, the norm. And then, like, with the Instagram and just the, the girls thing as opposed to, there were some things that were a little different when I did Detroit. Okay. A Detroit girl when I did Snowfall being a, a LA girl from the 80s because that's a period piece when I did Unexpected being a girl from Chicago and I learned much more about Chicago once I was there actually filming because right. I'd never been there before Right. but that that's basically how I look at acting you just understand the norm of the city the culture the people and adopt that to where it's your norm not to where you're acting as if mm. you just kind of want to just um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Naturally, organically live life. Through the character. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I know a lot of people, including some people that I went to school with in Chicago, um, who wanted to make acting or just any sort of like creative um outlet their main source of income. First of all, is acting is that your main is that your main judge or do you have other side hustles that you do so now okay i'm gonna give you a real quick break. all right here we oh, go wait, hold on first let me quickly answer your first question because you guys have that get started yes started like and I, like i said i always loved performing mm-hmm. i didn't know until like my senior year in high school that i actually wanted to pursue acting for a career mm-hmm. and then my mom is a high school teacher she was like nah you got to go to college for something <laughs> that you can get a real job <laughs> right a real so job i did all that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it wasn't until after school that I was like okay well here's your degree I graduated so I'm gonna move to LA and she was like nah I had to like convince her I said it like three times and tried to move I tried to quit college like every year even though I had good grades and everything but I just I felt it in my heart to heart I had never been to LA before but I felt in my heart to heart that I was supposed to be there and pursue acting Mm. so that was that and then I got started by like taking a few classes in Atlanta and learning more about the craft and just using the internet to Google and find out everything I could yeah. and going to classes um, and then moving to LA. But I never, I don't have a degree in fine arts or theater or any of that. So I just kind of winged it and prayed and that was my path. How do you now, do that though? That sounds like the scariest thing ever. I just, I got finished with college and I winged it and I moved to LA. How do you, what? <laughs> oh, it was extremely scary. Well, I moved like, First, I moved to Atlanta, like, my my junior year, Mm. and did this thing called Transient, where I took classes locally at Georgia State, and they transferred back to Boston State, so I could walk. Okay. Because at Boston, it's like a small country town. There's literally no acting going on there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, I gotta get out of here. Right. (laughs) So I did that, and then I um, moved to L.A. after I told my mom I was going to visit for a month, and then I actually moved. Got him. <laughs> yeah, but I just became full time with acting. Um, September two thousand seventeen. Okay, is that when you were? So, what is what is the title? It's like a SAG actor. Is that what it is? Oh, um, when you're SAG, when you're in the union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So no, I was I was in the union and I was still working because just because you're in the union don't mean doesn't mean you get you work. Right, right, right. Correct. And now, with, when you join the union, I think in California, it's like 3300 for uh-huh. your dues or something. It's a lot. Um, but you do have right to work states like Atlanta, where you can work and not be in the union, which is a blessing. Okay, but yeah. yeah, in L.A., you have to. Um, so, I, in 2017, I had already done Insecure. I had already done Belbo Experiment. I had already done Detroiters. I had already done Unexpected, and I was still working. Okay. I wasn't at a point yet where it could be full-time. So it wasn't until I got fired from the airport. I was working for Virgin America, which is now Alaska Airlines. Okay. And people would come and be like, aren't you that girl from Instagram? I'd be like, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> Would you like to check your bag? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like at work. Exactly. I'm like, this is... Uh, right. I'm at work, guys. So keep it on topic. <laughs> yes, thanks for reminding me that I'm 
on TV, but I have to come to a fucking job. That's no, man, shit. that's that's reality. You have to find a way to pay your bills while you're pursuing your dream. So exactly. So I'm like, let's just uh, but yeah. And then a lot of times people be like, you look really familiar. I'm like, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everyone looks like me. I don't know. I have a familiar face. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm from Atlanta. Okay, so you were you were still working after you were. Still getting booked. I had some success, correct. Okay. But it wasn't until... You want some water? Go get a, go get a bottle. <laughs> so it wasn't until... Thank you. It wasn't until um, I got fired because there was another girl at my job, an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know. I never really spoke of a career like that at work because okay. I tried to keep it separate. Yeah. And, um... And I'm just not, I'm not that person. Like, I'm not the person to be like, oh, I'm an actor. Like, not to anybody or if I go places. I right. just like to chill and be me and have a good time. Yeah. And um, I, one of my coworkers had gotten fired. Mm. How so? Um, can you elaborate or is it confidential? Oh, no, I can elaborate. It's just <laughs> having, having to pay me unemployment. Uh. <laughs> uh, so with the airline... I went to work, I think I was supposed to work that morning from like 8 a.m. to midnight. Okay. Uh, I was headed to work when my mother called me and told me my grandma, my grandfather had went into the hospital and okay. she wanted me to fly down there. So when you work for the airline, you fly for free. Mm-hmm. So the flight to go to Florida to Jacksonville left at like 9.20. I wasn't supposed to get up to midnight. So I gave my, sh- my later shifts away and then I was scheduled to work to 10. Mm-hmm. I got that last 30 minutes. Um, picked up, so I was scheduled to work to nine thirty. My last flight, I worked. I was working upstairs. So I was like the person boarding people on the plane and then meeting the plane to de deboard it. Hold on. Okay. So, um, uh, I was done at like eight. So I was trying to get my my supervisor to let me leave. I'm like, look, I'm done. Let me go. Right. things like that kind of are like link up like that like you have a tragedy in your life and then the coolest thing happens to you exactly so he um i come back they're like hey did you get on the plane without going to security i said you know i'm not gonna lie right i was like yeah but i didn't take a bag i I left my bag here i told them everything that happened she had called headquarters oh wow yeah that i got on a flight without going to security i'm already lost clocked out so she's the worker. You're the employee because you still clock in. You should do your job. And if I wasn't supposed to go, 
you shouldn't have let me through. Right there. Right. Supervisor didn't know. We were all under the impression stuff changed all the time. But then, you know how in the, in the workforce, stuff may change. Yeah. But then there's a norm, like a culture of the of the job, of the company. Yeah. Where, yeah, there's rooms, but then there's certain things that the company just adapts on its own at that location. Right, right, so, right. So it's like, all right, you didn't say anything. So you were the, you should really be getting into trouble yourself because when that happens, when someone gets on a flight without going through security, they're supposed to get everybody off the plane, um, redo a security check on the whole plane, right. and then go to security again, everybody, all the passengers, and then board. They didn't do that at all. Y'all let the flight go to Florida from L.A. So, <laughs> right, that's a long whatever. flight. <laughs> yeah, and then if TSA found out, I think it's like a $10,000 fine. Oh, but my they goodness. did it. So this was an internal thing. And it wasn't like um, something where if, if it happened, you were supposed to get fired. Yeah. I had never been in trouble. I'm here so I don't get fined and to make some money. Exactly. <laughs> I'm really trying to do acting full time. So. Right. <laughs> so, so they fired me. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So we had just got bought out by Alaska, so we were in a union. Right. So I let the union try to handle it. They didn't rehire me, so I filed for unemployment. Mm. They denied me twice. to say your yes. pursuit of the bag is ruthless and <laughs> you will take somebody to court need be <laughs> oh, oh indeed this was but with them it was like just on pill type things so i just had to go in front of a, a judge at her little right her little chambers right and they weren't there right and she just made the ruling but that happened august something mm-hmm. 2017 okay um it was official uh, so while they were doing the investigation, they still had to pay me, and I just didn't go. They made the official fire in September, and I booked Atlanta in October. Wow. I booked Chicago PD in November. Look at God. And so in December. Wow. And then I got unemployment. Mm. So it was like after that, I had got fired, and then every month after that, I booked acting work. Like good, nice acting work. Yeah. And then Atlanta was my first big project ever filming, and that was my first time filming in Atlanta, and then my first big project. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Did you know, like Atlanta is obviously it's won awards, it's a huge show. If nobody knows about it, you must be like living under a rock. Did you know that Atlanta was like kind of a big deal? <laughs> oh, I'm from here, so I already knew. Right. And they had already won an Emmy. Right. So this was second season, so I knew it was major. Right. But the beautiful thing is how God works. Um, the director from Unexpected, Chris Wamberg, uh-huh. her friend was the director. Amy Seesman was the director of our Atlanta episode. So I submitted a tape, and Chris texted me and said, "Hey, um, I just recommended you for Atlanta. My friend is directing it." I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. She said, and by the way, your tape is the only one she loves. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, thank you. So I tell people all the time, you never know where your next job could come from. Right. Always, always be respectful. Uh Put on your best behavior. Right. And leave a good impression. Right, because you never know what kind of contacts you might make and what they might think of you. You never know. Exactly. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> that is so, so cool. That's, that's funny the way things work out like that. Mm-hmm. And that was 2017. Now, we shot Unexpected in 2014. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, I tell people, leave a lasting impression. Even if you don't book a gig, it's some stuff I went in. The show I just shot, I just shot a show. It's, it was my first series regular role in Louisiana. Okay. This new show called Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost. I just shot it, and the girl who played my sister was the girl who was one of our best friends in Atlanta, the girl who um, Danielle that while she cussed out the white girl. Oh, yeah, you got all the advantages in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she played my sister in 
this show we just shot in Louisiana. Now, the, I got cast um, in that because I had literally just went in like six times for this casting director for the same role. They mm -hmm. kept bringing me back in. They wanted me. It was like, it, it was so. It was a lot of like politics behind it as to why um, they didn't cast me for it. As there is a lot in the acting world, a lot of politics involved. <laughs> there's a lot, but yeah. but see, this is the thing I try to tell people: us black women, we have to understand everything. There's no room for error. We have no margin for error, and there's a lot of I tell any actor. There's a lot of things that go into a no, so never take it personal mm -hmm. and understand what's for you is for you. Honest, that's that's interesting because honestly, like I said, I was pursuing acting and I kind of got out of it just because I felt that the roles that people, I would audition for certain roles and people would be like, no, I think you'd be better as like the baby mother or as like the pregnant teen. And I was like, is that how I'm going to be seen for the rest of my career? I don't know if I want to do this. Correct. See, you have to understand it's just a process. Mm -hmm. And the while people will see it and say, um... When people get to know you, because they 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 cast you like they're like, no, I think you'll be better for this or as this. That's because they don't know you. Mm -hmm, right. But the more projects you do, and the more like you come in and audition, and they talk to you before or after, or just get to see like interviews or you and your norms. Right. Um, they're like, uh, oh, she would be good for this, or they'll see you and somebody somebody just become a fan of you from seeing you in one thing and be like, oh, I just want it could be completely completely left field, like the boss of this white Fortune 500 company. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're like, I, I want her for it just because I like her. I like what she did when she was a baby mama in the shot on this show. Mm, I just, I that's just a good her. point. That's a very good point. I think my view at that time was very limited, and I was like, I don't want to be... Because I, I grew up in um, a space where there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me, so mm -hmm. I kind of have a complex about people pigeonholing me and telling me what... Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what they yeah, see me as. So it was hard to get past my ego at that time. But that makes a lot of sense. In acting, we have to let go of ego. We have to let go of entitlement. And we have to let go of pride and just solely operate off knowing that we are um, bigger than what they'll see at first. Hmm. But in due time. Right. Everybody, I tell people all the time, I, it ain't no dollar. You, you ain't going to miss no dollar. So it's for you, it's for you. So whether if you book a project now and you know you worth fifty thousand a show, but this project only gets you thirteen, you're taking you because somebody gonna pay somewhere else. You're right. So you may later book a project and they giving you a hundred and fifty thousand a show, and you ain't doing nothing. Right. On right. there. Right. You probably got to film twice a week, but but so I you but see, you see what I'm saying? Right. I do. When I it do. All adds up. You still get your money. I, mm -hmm. That's what I tell people all the time. Look at the bigger picture. Now, don't be afraid to demand more. Mm -hmm. And say, you know, okay, ask for more. If you get it, cool. If you don't, then then it's up to you to make Have you ever been in a situation where you had to ask for... I have asked for a raise at my job, and it's, like, the the scariest thing in the whole world. Yeah. With Atlanta, I, like I said, when I booked Atlanta, I already knew everything about it. It meant the world to me. My, my agent said, hey, can you work at the local hire? I said, I don't live in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm from there, but I don't live in Atlanta. Right. Working as a local hire, I mean, I get myself there. I, I, They don't put me up. They don't give me a stipend, a per diem per day. Per diem to eat, they give you, like, anywhere from 60 to 75 a day. Right. But you eat on set, so you really, that's just extra money you're saving. Right. They fly you first class. Okay. They put you up in a hotel. I said, I don't live in Atlanta, so to be cast as a local hire because I don't live there anymore. I moved to L.A. I live in L.A. Right. So I said, now, if it's a make or break, like, they're not going to give me the job, okay? But you first tell them, no, I don't live there. Yeah, I'm from there. My family there. Right. But I want them to see, I want the, my, me, the people in production, and my family to see I left and I made something of myself and I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I want to I be so, compensated for that as well. Exactly. I said, it costs to live out here in L.A. It does. Like, it does. Last minute. My family lives LA in San Diego. Yes, my family lives in San Diego, and it is not cheap to live in any part of California at all. <laughs> it's not. So that that was my, my, my me saying, like, I want to be cast as what I am, which is 
in L.A. Yeah. And they booked me. They said, okay, cool. Hmm. It was nothing, but what I've learned at a very young age, one of my best friends told me, always ask, they need to tell you yes or no. Hmm. Interesting. So, that was it. I said, no, nah, I want to be booked as uh, L.A. And everybody else on there that was from L.A., they were booked as local hires. So, they were, like, crashing with people or asking to stay here mm. and stay there and had to fly themselves there. And it's just an extra hassle and extra stress. And it's like the career we're in is already a lot that you got to deal with. So, yeah. uh, I just want to be focused on that. How do you, where do you get the confidence to, because I, I know a lot of people, including myself, a lot of people who, like the people who didn't ask for the proper accommodations. A lot of people are afraid of being turned down or looking like they're too pushy or they're asking. How dare someone ask for something that they want? How, where does that come from? Where? When did you get that? Um. So with me, I think it's just about me. It's, my mama always said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm. So it's about simply not coming off entitled and demanding it, but saying... This is what I deserve. I'd appreciate if you gave me what I deserve. Okay. And have have the facts to back it up as to why you deserve it. And also not being desperate. Mm. So knowing if you don't get it, it could not be for you. Mm. Because there's some things that, like, it's like with relationships. Girls may not deserve something. I mean, girls may not demand something or they may not ask for something or they may tolerate way more and allow way more fuckery to happen in the relationship yes, because they don't want the man to leave. <laughs> but you holding on you holding on to this person when really the person that got ahead for you could be waiting on you to get free up. Wow. Wow. I needed so, to hear that. <laughs> with me I always I always say to myself, Okay, look God, whatever your let that will be done let your will be done, not mine. Mm. So if it's for me, it's for me. But I'm going to go in it with a good mindset and respect for everyone mm. and then whatever that result be at least I know I did my part so I'm gonna uh, the show I just booked um Paradise Lost my reps asked for huh, Paradise Lost yes I, I say show because sometimes they change that's the second title it may change before it actually oh, okay. out. <laughs> the show but um, <laughs> yeah it um they came with one price because they didn't have me come in for when it's a serious regular role. Most of the time, you gonna finish the call of time. They just had me come in once. Mm-hmm. They had me come in once and booked me off of that. These same casting directors had just saw me like six, five, six times and had signed two contracts for a different show. Same casting director, but I didn't book that show. Yeah, that's the one where I said it was a little political. It was a, it was a few things going on. Yeah, but they already knew my talent. So they offered me the role, but at a lower rate. Mm. And my reps was like, we may, we're going to ask for more, but we may not get it. I said, that's fine, go ahead and ask for it. I think they may have asked for like $3,000 over. Mm-hmm. The casting director gave me 10000 over. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like, you just ask. And if you, because first they were like, we may not get it because they're like, we gave her the role and didn't bring her back in. We didn't have her go through the ringer and meet with producers and directors right, and all right, that right, right. let her get it. So with that, it's just simply about being respectful. Not not because some people they may have it to give, but they'd be like, you ever work in a job and you could do something for some for a customer but then they're like rude. Yes, just and because you're like, you know, I'm not going to my <laughs> You have you more good. than enough money to give me what I deserve, but you don't want to because you're being an asshole. Yeah, so if you be respectful, I, my mom always say you get more bees with honey mm-hmm. than with salt. Yeah, that's very true. So I just, you know, I ask, and they can either say yes or no. If they say no, cool, I'm not going to be bitter about it, because mm-hmm. that was their right yeah. to say it. If they say yes, then that's a blessing on my part. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that in your business, in your line of work, letting go and being open to whatever people may see it as, whether it's God or the universe, letting go and asking the universe for things and stepping back and being open to letting them come into your life. Would that be a fair assumption? That's a fair assumption. Just don't, because people will pigeonhole themselves and Mm. put themselves in a box because they're so attached 
to a certain result. Okay. So not being result driven, but just being driven. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, you could be attached to one show, a pilot, you booked, pilot don't get picked up. Right. Instead of, but you got cat, you booked it. Mm hmm. As opposed to not being attached to it and just being open to whatever happened, you don't book it. Somebody else book it. They shoot the pilot, but then months later, you book something that's already straight to series. Mm, interesting. Like you were saying, the way God kind of is like, this isn't for you, I'm waiting to give you this in the future. Exactly. Interesting. That's what happened with the project. I didn't book it. I went, like I said, I went in like five, six times, signed some contracts, all the money. They, they tripled the money on that one, and I just knew I was going to get it. The other girl who they booked, she had already, we cool, she had already, her rep had already broken down to her that she wasn't getting it, that I was getting it, <laughs> and then they didn't go with me. But then they shot the pilot, pilot didn't get picked up, and then later on, that casting director booked me for the Paradise Lost, which was already ordered to series, right. already set for 10 episodes. Interesting. Now, we both ended up winning because even though that one network didn't pick up the first pilot, it got picked up later on at BT. So that was beautiful. So, yeah. so we both won. For example, Rain, my homegirl, she plays Melody on Snowfall. We're great friends. Uh-huh. We both went out for the, for the character in Paradise Lost. And I tell people all the time, when you know that you're going to win and you know what's for you, for you, nothing is a threat to you. Mm. So you can share information. Right. You can study together. Right. We study together. Same roles, same auditions. We was on Snowfall set studying together. When in, I see her, I was leaving audition, she was going in, prayed together, told her good luck, both went in for the show. I ended up booking it. I called her, because that's my home girl. I know she's going to be happy for me. Called right. her. She was happy for me. I said, thank you, and I said, I just want to let you know, because you were positive about it, not bitter, not hating. Right. Your show is coming. So I'm going to tell you, congratulations in advance. Right. Wow, Literally. that's beautiful. She had shot over a year ago, had got picked up. Wow. She's wow. in New Zealand right now. She's in her show. Wow. That's beautiful. That's all about being open and not, not closing yourself off when things don't go the way you think that they should. It's about being open and speaking things into existence. Mm, can you tell me, can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm a big proponent of speaking things into existence. They don't always happen, but a lot of the time it does. <laughs> And and sometimes you don't know what if it ain't happened until you until you die because mm. there's no timer on it on it to happen. You can speak it into existence, and there our timing could be completely different than, than God's the universe time. and God's time. That's right. So okay, I'm gonna give you Snowfall for example. Yes. Uh, 2012, John <laughs> came to my class in Atlanta and spoke to us. Came to the studio, I was taking classes at. Mm-hmm. Spoke to us. I've always loved John Singleton. I always wanted to work with him. Always loved Baby Boy. Always loved Taraji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, 2015, I heard about Snowfall, that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get on it. I want it. Um, emailed my reps, emailed my agents. It was like, hey, I heard Snowfall's happening. Can you see about getting me in for it? They wrote back and was like, there's not a part big enough for you. We only seen all the parts in the pilot. I said, okay, cool. All, all the parts had, well, all the parts had been cast except for the smaller parts. I was like, okay, cool. Um, I heard it was being recast. So I said, okay, obviously something happened with the original pilot. They recast. Came back. The casting director would not bring me in for it. Okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. Um, Went to John's. He was lecturing some classes at USC. Went to go listen out there. He was great. He was super nice. He remembered me from meeting me in Atlanta. Oh, great. Then, exactly. <laughs> then a friend of mine, this guy named Malcolm Mays, who was on Snowfall, invited me to um, be on one of his sets of a film he was directing. Wow. John Singleton's daughter was his assistant on there. We met got home for Christmas one year. She invited me to her house that I stayed in Atlanta. It was at John's house, met him. He remembered me again. It was amazing. I still never asked for nothing from him, right? Mm-hmm. I come to, so unexpected, the, the executive producer, his name is um, Peter Gilbert. 
Yes. His son, Leo Gilbert, was doing a web series in Chicago. He wanted to be in it. So I was in Chicago uh, in November 2017, during my birthday, uh-huh. and shot the web series. Snowfall, I got, while I'm out there shooting it, I didn't tell my reps, I told them I was like going out of town for my birthday. She sent me an email to come in. Oh, I hadn't even told them yet. They sent me an email audition for Snowfall. I was like, what the fuck? I've been waiting <laughs> on this. Waiting on this, and the one time I get it, I'm in Chicago. Right. Filming for a web series for a friend. So I said, okay, I came. I'm out of town for my birthday. I'll be back December 11th. Can you see if, if they can push it back? It was like, nah, they're not willing to push it back, but they'll take a tape. Mm-hmm. So my friends who I was filming with put me on tape. I said to sell tape. Hold on. Busy, busy woman. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Tape. I sent the cell tape. They loved it. And they were like, Caskin loved it. Everybody loved it. Will you be back December 11th? Because they want to bring you in for a chemistry read. Right. I said, yes. Came back, killed it, booked it. So that was like, have you ever read book? Um, the book, uh, shit, it's Paul Coho, The Alchemist. Yes, Paulo Coelho. Yes, yes, yes. I love, that is one of my favorite books. Yes. Okay, my bad, I said his name wrong. No, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, Paulo Coelho, yeah. So, it talks about all the omens and all of these things and the universe working for you. That was, it's literally what happened. Mm. I came home before, before, um, I went back to LA December 11th for the audition. I came home first after in Chicago. Okay. Me and my brother were watching D-Ray special. It just came out on whatever platform. Mm-hmm. Got back, was at my chemistry read. D-Ray was there in the waiting room, finna go in. I texted my brother. I said, oh my God, we literally was just watching D-Ray, like the day before. I was like, we were literally just watching D-Ray. He's here. I'm gonna book it. I was like, these are, it's an omen. These are, yes, these are the like, signs that I have, book. I need to be watching out for. Yes. Yes. I said, I'm gonna book it. Go in there, killed it, booked it. And I told D-Ray about it later on, but it was just so amazing how all of it happened. Wow. Now, while I was there, so that, that was, that's also like speaking it into existence. Right. Um, while I was on Snowfall that, that following year, 2018, when we were filming, me and Rain got close through a marketing shoot. I told her, I said, look, at the, at the, we were shooting the finale episode. I said, next, this time next year, Rain, we're going to be series regular roles on a show somewhere. Now, so that means 2019, we're going to be series regular roles. We shoot Snowfall. Me and her go out for the same role. I book it. That's my first series regular. Two, a day or two later, she calls me. She booked her series we spoke that into existence. Mm. So this year, while we're shooting the finale, she said, okay, last year we spoke something into existence that came true. You spoke it over our lives. This year we're going to say next year we'll be doing movies. She spoke into it. So now 2020, she spoke um, while we were shooting the season finale of Snowfall in this past year, 2019. She said next year we're going to be doing movies. We're going to be booked and busy. Right. So 2020, I'm looking for that to manifest. Yes. But another thing, at New Year's, so my New Year's resolution, I prayed. I said, God, I just want to work. I want to work consistently. I want to book work every month. Right. My first audition was for this show called Games People Play. It was on BET with Lauren London. I booked it. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations on that. Wow, that's a big deal. Thank you. So I shot that in January, uh-huh. um, January through May. I was shooting that in Snowfall, then immediately June through October, uh-huh. I was shooting Paradise Lost. Uh-huh. November, I did more work for Paradise Lost, and then December, offices closed down. I'm about to go to, um, I'm about to go to Africa. But wow. do you mind? Can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing in Africa? You told me Africa, and I was like, what is she shooting in Africa? Can you tell me a little bit about that or no? Yeah. So. I was originally going over there to visit family, work on this property I um, bought out, I built my home. And one of my producers in LA is um, collabing with a guy out there, and they bringing a film festival to Africa. Wow. So she, one of the guys, directors, he is a 
So she was like, uh, the director, the guy was like, if I write a film with some of the people I've been working with, would you mind being in it and helping it get back and working with some of the people out here, some of the actors, so they could be paired with a successful Hollywood actress. And uh-huh. I was like, sure. That's like my give back. Like, I'm not getting paid for it or anything. But yes, everyone, she is not getting paid for this. She's doing this out of the kindness of her heart on a Sunday morning, everybody. She really is out here, Miss Gail Bean. <laughs> thank you thank you but see that's another thing people have to realize don't look to get money from every single thing mm. if you get good money from people yeah if people are paying you good money and you good you're doing good i feel like it's, it's just good blessing to pay it forward yeah and help other people out in certain in certain spaces now be use your discernment and know when, when motherfuckers trying to use you right 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 and when it's actually helping and and do that Right. Because I feel like that. Hold on, can you get that? Right here. Pick it up. 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 People always say, well, I wasn't getting paid. I was doing it, but then I wasn't getting paid. The money going to come. Yeah. And when it comes, if it's large, you can help other people out and maybe do stuff for a lower price or mm. do stuff for free. Not saying everybody. Don't just be out here getting you. Right, right, right. But use your discernment. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I recently saw um, an interview with Issa Rae, the creator of Awkward Black Girl, and what's the other one? Insecure. Yeah, and she was saying a a big part of her success was not trying to reach out to the biggest director in Hollywood, but working with the people that are next to her, which kind of is like what you were saying with your your co-star in Snowfall. It's all about Mm -hmm. working with the person next to you and climbing the ladder with those people as opposed to trying to step on all those people to get up to the the top by yourself. Mm -hmm. I agree. I've seen that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lateral. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody trying to climb up when you can go across and side by side. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But that's how it is. See, like I said, speaking things into existence. I make vision boards. Mm-hmm. I make it plain. I make it clear. Before I booked Insecure, I had HBO on my vision board because that's my favorite network. I wanted to do something on HBO. Mm-hmm. And it came true. It came to fruition. I wanted to do something in Atlanta. Atlanta came true. It came to fruition. I had an Emmy on there. Last year, um, or was it this year? One of these years, I was submitted, FX submitted me for an Emmy for my role on, on Atlanta. Now, wow. I didn't get you, everybody has to vote in order for you to actually make the ballot. Yeah. So, I didn't get it, but just even But just even to be nominated, for someone to think of you for an Emmy, that's a big deal exactly. in itself. Exactly. And you gotta think, that's the omen. So, I'm like, it's coming. It may not be now. But this is the, there's little omens and little things that we have to look at to let us know they're really saying, like, don't give up. And some people misconstrue it yeah. and think that because they didn't get it, that, oh, they're not ever going to. Listen, I will tell you, when I was in Chicago, I did, I was an extra on the first episode of Empire. I was so excited, and I told everybody, and I watched the first episode, and they cut me out of the damn episode. I was <laughs> I was so sick about it, and I was like... I'm not making, I'm poor as shit, I'm in school, I can't keep doing this, I have to go find a real job, but like you said, it's all about, it's all about waiting for your moment, and pushing through those times, and noticing the signs. And it's okay to have a real job, right? because I tell people all the time, I will work, I don't mind working, mm-hmm. I, I like money, right. I will work That's not a good balance. That's not a good balance. Like I said, I I only got I only stopped working because I got fired, and I felt like that guy was like, I got to push you out. Right, you're not gonna leave unless I, I kick you out. <laughs> I was traveling for free. Right, going all over the So you just gotta, you know, keep don't get discouraged. There will be some moments where you get a little down. Right, 
I've had I've had losses, but I tell everybody give yourself twenty four hours, and then you got to pull yourself out of it. Yeah, mm. speak about stress, depression, anxiety. I know it's real, mm-hmm. but like I said, speaking things into existence. Like it's not about just faking it and telling people that you're happy. Sometimes you got to say you're happy until you are happy. Right, right. So you you obviously seem to have a really clear idea about what you want in your life. Is there anybody who helps you to stay grounded and to motivate you when you can't be your own your own cheerleader? My family. Mm-hmm. That's why my family and my friends. Like I come home often and talk to my family often, and I say, "Yes, I can hear you." Seem to have babies and family and loved ones all around you right now. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um. Because I know that that's what's going to keep me grounded. Like, there's a lot of times you got to think you're around actors all the time or other artists. they dealing with their own um, uh, disappointments. <laughs> right. You know what I want. And when I was in L.A., I had to be the light because a lot of actors, they'd be so bogged down that they didn't put this or like you said, I knew it. His scene got cut from a show. You know, you end up on the editing floor, so right. you may be unhappy with a lot, and that's all that you hear, negative, 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 and that is contagious. Yeah, it is. It is. That's real. So you just have to stay grounded, and and, and I listen to sermons and go to church and stuff, mm. um, but my family, my friends, and God. Your family, your friends, and God. Interesting. Now... I have another question. As an actress, do you do you feel that you have any sort of responsibility or do you just feel like I'm doing this just purely to create and to like put stories out there? Do you feel like you have a responsibility as a black woman? As a black woman, as a black woman, I feel I have a responsibility. As an actress, I feel it just gives me a platform to carry out my responsibilities, but I don't I don't feel as an actress I have a responsibility. Like, I don't look at other actresses and be upset that they're not using a platform. Because mm. maybe that's not their purpose. Maybe they, maybe their responsibility is to get financial, because maybe their family been in poverty all their life. Right. Like, different, different, different people have different responsibilities. It's just the same as different people have different cares, different things that are supposed to be important to them. Like, there's people who, their thing is global warming, global warming, which is cool. The environment, the earth, I'm going to be honest, when the race force was on fire, that wasn't something that I'm, like... <laughs> that was not on the top of my into. list to take care of, right? That wasn't, exactly. <laughs> it's like people dying every day, B. Right, like, right. And niggas got to eat tonight. about the earth. <laughs> I'm like, I could die tomorrow and right. see when the earth hit rock bottom. Exactly. We all have our own lane, and therefore we should stay in it. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, that's not my fight. Like, okay, cool. I, I'm not going gonna try to deter you from from that fight right like i'm not i'm i'm i love everybody so what's your sexuality what's your gender what's your preference of course of course but lgbtq is not my fight uh-huh like my fight is trying to there because you have a lot of people fighting that so mm. do that you know now if somebody's just being disrespectful about it in front of me and be like yo that's not cool that's right that. right right but that's like, that's on. not your mission. But I'm not gonna get into a whole tour. I don't know the statistics, the facts. I'm not even in the community to to really debate you on that. Uh-huh. I'm not um, as knowledgeable about the environment to to debate you on the rainforest to get text and tell you, okay, this plastic bottle gonna kill the earth. <laughs> I don't know all that. Exactly. But I am a black woman who know about that. Exactly. Exactly. That is something I, I like. My I so my fight is to break barriers for for black people. Period. In, in every area, and to help um, black families mm-hmm. because there's so many people helping other ones, and I feel like we get uh, neglected and lost in the shuffle and lost in the cause of, of the long list of things that need to be fought for. Mm, so I feel that's my purpose, and that's what I intend to do. That's beautiful. I totally get that. Usually everyone's like, yeah, I do. I feel like I have purpose. I got to save the whatever, but... I like that, like... Not as an actor, no. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like, you have your own lane, and you're not trying to get in other people's lane because it's a lane that everybody's in. <laughs> you're doing your own thing, and you're living life. I love that. And you can't allow people to make you feel guilty, because they will. People mm-hmm. will try to make you feel guilty, 
and try to make you seem like you should be doing more and as an actress, this and that. You, the thing with this industry, you have to have, in any industry, you mm. have to have your own mind. Mm. You have to have your own mind. I, I I vibe with that. I feel with that. Now I know it's I know it's Sunday and you have a lot of family around, so I'm gonna let you get back to your family. I have one more question for you. Um, if you have one, if you have one piece of advice for, I would say for your younger self starting out, what do you think the biggest advice would be? If you had one piece of advice for for young Gail, for yourself starting out, what would it be? Uh, if I had like, if you could go into the past and tell yourself something. Don't, come. don't try to rush nothing. Everything's a good time. Be patient. Be patient. It's all going to come. Be patient. That is the advice I would give my younger self, because I was so <laughs> impatient. I'm still, I'm, patience is still a virtue I'm trying to work on. Lord have but mercy. Patience. Everything, everything, because it has everything I've ever asked God for. I've gotten mm. everything. Mm. Be patient. Well, there you go, everybody. Our, on this beautiful Sunday, thank you so much, Miss Gail Bean. Check her out on Snowfall. You can find her on Atlanta, Season 2, Episode 7. And Detroiter, Season 2, Episode 7. I'm going to add a bunch of other stuff that she's been in. I'm going to post you all on my story. But thank you. It was great to talk to you, and thank you for making space for me in between family and Sundays and just sitting down to talk with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody, this was not paid. This was not paid. No, everybody, I'm broke. Gail, put it out there. I am broke. (laughs) (laughs) It's on the way. way. There you go. She just said, be patient. The the money's on the way. Right now I'm doing the work. The money's on the way. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Same to you. Bless you and bless your family. Strong, and though 2020 got a lot of blessings and increase. Yes, ma'am. I, I receive it. I take it all in. Thank you so much for talking to me. You're welcome, love. Have, Have a good day. one. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a comment, and please remember to always, always mind your business.